0: Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're talking globalization, education, and the economics behind improving our societies. We're here with Jeffrey Sachs, director of the Earth Institute and professor at Columbia University, however, distinguished alum at Harvard as well, here at HGSE speaking about Project Zero's Future of Learning Institute. Welcome to the Ed School. Welcome to the EdCast, Jeffrey.
1: Matt, thanks so much. Great to be here.
0: Now, Jeffrey, you just finished a plenary session upstairs about maybe a half hour, or an hour ago called Globalization Rethinking Learning Towards More Mindful Societies. You we were with Howard Gardner. You talked about the promise and perils of globalization towards creating healthier societies. Quick overview the good, the bad, and the ugly of globalization within this context.
1: The good is we're all connected, and uh, when good things happen, uh, when New breakthroughs occur, discoveries, uh, new ways of thinking about things. The whole world can benefit from them. The bad is uh, we're all connected. And when bad things happen, they can spread uh, and uh, they can be a big problem. The world is very crowded right now, 7.2 billion people and rising. Uh, The world economy, on the one hand, uh, has grown very, very big, and that's good news. On the other hand, it's grown in a way which uh, endangers even our physical survival uh, because of climate change and other environmental destruction. So we're living in a time where our challenges are unprecedented. I call them the challenges of sustainable development because I think that concept of sustainable development is the best single uh, short phrase to uh, depict what it means to live in a crowded, crowded, interdependent, globally connected, environmentally threatened world. Uh, and uh, it's an exciting one, but we have big, big uh, unsolved problems.
0: So lots of problems. Antidote to some of these problems, we're an education podcast. We're going we're to put it out there, education can help. And the role of educators in understanding all these problems and what do educators do both locally, uh, domestically, and then also nationally and all your work you've seen across the world.
1: I think it's uh, more than a truism. Uh, It is uh, a matter of our survival that education uh, has to be uh, at the core of this. You know, as an economist, it's easy to point out and absolutely true that an economy can't take uh, one step uh, ahead without an educated population and an educated labor force. That goes without saying. But it's also true that we need a new kind of education now. Uh, We need people to be aware of what the specific challenges are. Uh, People need to understand why is climate change a problem? What should we do about it? Uh, What should happen uh, in a world economy to spread well-being? But we also need another kind of education, and I would say that is a a moral education. What does it mean to live in a crowded, interdependent world? What are our responsibilities? Uh, How should we understand... uh, other societies of uh, different races, religions, uh, ethnicities, uh, language, we're not very good at that. Maybe we're even hardwired not to be very good at it, so we need especially education to help us situate ourselves in a way that's going to make a, a a real positive contribution.
0: And from upstairs, any takeaways of how do you t- you know it's hard to it's easy to say to teach math you do this, to teach reading you do this, to teach morality, to teach a new globalized world situation, how do you teach morality and what was what were the takeaways from educators looking at this problem trying to come up with a solution that works?
1: I think one of the wonderful things is that uh, our Uh, Our students uh, from uh, the youngest age can be our teachers as well, and uh, they also uh, are the resonators. Uh, They understand uh, in a way that maybe isn't so intuitive to uh, older people that the world is interconnected. They already get it. They're on social media. They're seeing images from all over the world. They understand uh, uh, problems like climate change uh, more immediately and viscerally uh, than people for whom this was a new concept uh, midway in their lives. And so I think there's a, a great deal of interest and receptivity among young people, even from very young ages, to learn about, think about how they can be uh, problem solvers in this world and and uh, what their future might mean and uh, what the world uh, uh, really uh, is is offering and how they can find a, a place in it so i don't think it's a a big uh, push to get engagement and uh, i know at the university level i find it very exciting that there's an incredible outpouring of interest in these issues, uh, because this is uh, real life. But I find it also with the very young kids, when we have uh, made a, a Skype bridge uh, between uh, a village in Africa and uh, a, uh, say, a Connecticut school, as we recently did, the kids are all over each other, talking to each other, learning from each other, enjoying each other. Uh, and uh, the possibility of, therefore, that kind of global engagement um, is direct, exciting, real, technologically empowered right now. Uh, and I think that it can create a base for a kind of understanding. You could kind of uh, call it a kind of uh, global ethics or global moral feeling uh, of uh, shared. Uh, goals, shared responsibility, uh, and uh, greatly improved understanding.
0: I'm going to ask for you to rewind a little bit. Instead of the future of learning, we're going to look a little bit of the learning of the past. And this is on the more personal side. A young Jeff Sachs enters Harvard. Uh, Maybe someone asks him, what do you want to do with your life? And college undergrads are idealistic people. And they say, oh, I want to save the whales or make world peace. And did you answer, I want to end poverty because you're doing a pretty good job at this?
1: Uh, Thanks a lot. I uh, entered uh, Harvard uh, 42 years ago, Uh, thoroughly perplexed and fascinated with uh, an issue that I hadn't really thought much about or understood, but that was uh, why are countries different? What does it mean that part of the world uh, is so-called capitalist and another part socialist because that was the divide of, of the day. And I uh, had gone uh, as a, a high school grad uh, to visit a pen pal in East Germany and came out uh, perplexed, fascinated, puzzled, and determined that Harvard was going to teach me something about all of this stuff. And uh, in fact, uh, I arrived in September 1972 uh, with the uh, experiences and a newly read book. We had been assigned uh, as uh, uh, for our freshman week, Capitalism, Socialism, De- and Democracy by Joseph Schumpeter, uh, newly read f- by me. It was a, a great classic already. Uh, and my mind was absolutely uh, confused, swimming uh, in uh, dazzlement of, uh, of these big questions. 42 years later, Wow. I still love the subject. I'm still completely fascinated by it. Uh, The questions uh, that uh, I was asking as I... happened uh, to uh, have discovered them uh, uh, just as I was becoming a freshman at college are still questions that motivate me, fascinate me, uh, energize me uh, till today.
0: We're so glad that you're still uh, interested in these subjects. The world certainly benefits. A quick tip, uh, mostly educators, people interested in education reform, parents, teachers listening to this podcast. We talk a lot about big ideas, um, but small steps getting there. Quick: um, What's one thing an educator can do to help further a better globalized society like tomorrow or or right after this podcast ends small step
1: i uh, recommended uh, to the teachers uh, find a school halfway around the world get online with them because uh, many schools even in very poor areas now have broadband Uh, get your students engaged with each other let them teach each other they will learn about globalization in the most immediate and exciting way it will be uh, uh, actually something they'll remember and carry with them but we will find how the kids from one part of the from every part of the world can teach kids from other parts of the world uh, in absolutely exciting and immediate ways so this is something that i hope they'll get started on
0: jeff saxon i'd be remiss if i didn't uh, mention you do have a new book out would you like to tell us what it's about and where they can get it <laughs> It's not Uh, why you're here, but we're very grateful you gave us 10 minutes.
1: Thanks uh, so much. Uh, In uh, June, uh, I uh, published a book called To Move the World uh, on the 50th anniversary of the partial uh, nuclear test ban treaty that JFK and his Soviet counterpart, Nikita Khrushchev, negotiated exactly half a century ago. It's a wonderful story of JFK's leadership uh, and uh, a visionary leadership of how to make peace with uh, a counterpart uh, that many Americans viewed as uh, an impossible counterpart for peace. But Kennedy said it can be done. Uh, we're human beings on both sides. We have common interests. We can find our way to peace. Uh, and he proved that right. And it's, it's a wonderful act of leadership that is uh, worth us remembering and learning from till today.
0: Jeffrey Sachs always so happy when you come back to Harvard Square. Make sure you get a slice of pizza from Pinocchio's and enjoy your trip back to New York City.
1: I'm always happy to be here. It's great to be here with you, Matt. Thanks This has
0: been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening.
1: The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.